I'm going to ask that we take and go to two passages of scripture again on this Monday. One is Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, and then we're going to go to 1 Chronicles 22. Acts chapter 4 and 1 Chronicles 22. And if I can talk fast, I'm going to watch the clock. If I can talk fast, then um, I want to quote Spurgeon again, because I read something that I think was kind of humorous that he said that applies to our comments today. I was actually listening to a sermon, and the pastor quoted Spurgeon, and it really fit with what we're talking about here today. So Acts chapter 4 and verse 32 um, says this, and you'll remember this text probably. This is after um, Peter and John were were in Acts chapter 4, were uh, released from being detained for preaching the gospel. They met, they had a corporate prayer. The place where they met was shaken. You'll remember that. And then right after that is now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul, neither did neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was on was his own but they had all things in common now look at this 33rd verse and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the lord jesus and great grace was upon them all we'll just stop there we're going to go to First Chronicles 22, but uh, think of these words. Great power was upon them. Um, great, with great power, they gave witness, so they preached with power. And as a result, or simultaneously, great grace was upon them all. I think every one of us would want these two things applied to us. Every one of us would say, I want to be able to pro- proclaim the gospel with with power, and I want grace, God's God's strength upon me. And um, so, so second, first Chronicles chapter 22 and verse one, you'll remember maybe this, this context where David is at the end of his reign. He yet wants to build a temple. He's not going to build the temple. He's going to give it to Solomon to build. And uh, so there's a transition here between David and Solomon. David assembles all the pieces and all the building materials for the temple. And then um, 1 Chronicles 22.1 said, Then David said, This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So David commanded to gather the aliens who were in the land of Israel, and he appointed masons to cut hewn stones to build the house of God. Now, this has very little to do with um, with what we're going for, but it is an interesting comment, interesting section. So David, we could say, drafted, brought together the aliens in the, in the land. These are the non-Israelites and appointed or actually literally forced them to work on the temple. I just want to draw a contrast to this. Um, uh, the Lord has taken outsiders, unbelievers, and made us fellow citizens, living stones, if you will, of his temple. I just see grace in that. I see incredible grace in that. 
So, um, and we could stop here, but may we pray that God will use us and use our praying to draw outsiders to the inside, to draw unbelievers to belief. Um, and God can do that. So there's just a little aside here. So verse six, then he called for his son, Solomon, and charged him to build a house for the Lord, God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, my son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house to the, to the name of the Lord, my God. So think of this. This is David's heart to build this house. And in we're not building a temple today. Uh, at least I don't think we're building it. Anyway, um, you may have something you're doing, but, um, but we are working on gospel advance. We are building the church, if you will. And the project of gospel advance is not going to end with us. The work of the Lord did not end with David. It went on with Solomon. And we have to pass on our burden to those who will follow us in the work of the Lord. So I want to ask you, if you're burdened for God's people praying together, if you're burdened for gospel advance, who are you mentoring? Who are you passing that off to? Who are you inviting to join you even on this call? Um, David had a, had, a, had a plan, and he wanted to involve Solomon in that plan. Now, follow with me as I read very quickly, beginning in verse 8. Um, but the word of the Lord came to me saying, you have shed much blood and have made great wars. You shall not build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. And I will give him rest from all his enemies all around. It's very interesting, even in what's going on in, in Ukraine, knowing that God is able to control even regions and enemies, or God is able to control people groups. Uh, his name shall be called Solomon, for I will give peace and quietness to Israel in his days. In other words, I'm going to keep the adversaries at bay. That's just an amazing testimony to God's power and sovereignty. Verse 10, he shall build a house for my name, and he shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you, and may you prosper, and build the house of the Lord your God, as he has said to you. Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding, and give you charge concerning Israel, that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper. If you take care to fill the statutes and judgments with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. Be strong and of a good courage. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Indeed, I have taken much trouble to prepare for the house of the Lord. 100,000 talents of gold and 1 million talents of silver and bronze and iron beyond measure. For it is so abundant. I have prepared timber and stone also that you may add to them. Now look at these last two verses and we're going to finish with the next two verses. Moreover, there are workmen with you in abundance, woodsmen and stonecutters and all types of skillful men for every kind of work of gold and silver and bronze and iron. There is no limit. 
arise and begin working and the Lord be with you. <laughs> what an incredible text. Um, I want us to look at this. I mean, look at what God has provided. He's saying everything that is needful is already provided. Whatever you need, Solomon, I have taken care of. And frankly, Solomon, there's no limit to what you need. Everything has been provided for you. Now, in our context, oh, friends, think of this. There is no limit. <laughs> Christ is everything. Christ is everything we need. He's given us salvation. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us access to his throne room. Um, I'm wondering how often we think like this. I have to ask myself, do I think like this, that there is no, everything is at hand. Um, there's no lack. I'm, th I'm thinking sometimes we pray like God is stingy or God is weak or God is meager. Um, the challenges are too great. And I would submit to us that there's nothing too big for which to pray. Um, it's like, and I was thinking of this uh, this morning, it's like a, a reservoir, massive amount of water, massive as far as the eye could see, maybe a, 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 a reservoir controlled by a dam, if you will. And then that dam controls a stream that maybe goes somewhere to, in other words, it, it ends up coming to a faucet of the house. So in back of that faucet is a massive reservoir more than one person could ever drink. Um, but that person has to turn the faucet on. That person has to turn the faucet on. And so I see these verses in verse, these words in verse 16. Um, there is no limit. Arise and begin working and the Lord be with you. Now, um, May we just consider these words. I'm going to read one more thing from Spurgeon because I've mentioned him already. I probably should wait and do it again another time, but I've already spoiled it. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll read what Spurgeon had to say about this. And he's, um, um, but, but notice the order. What, I mean, the, the resources have been provided, and then God does the commanding. Arise and, and get to it. Um, and even if, even, if we, if we, even if we invite somebody to our, our gospel advance praying, knowing the resources that God has provided, we might encounter people who are saying, well, I'm just not accustomed to this, or it's very difficult in my schedule, and we understand that, and we all face that. But at some point, every one of us just said, I'm going to do it. And when we've done it, and we've commented on this many times, who would have ever thought, I never would have thought that I would be praying for an hour every day with other people. And yet we've turned the faucet on. And God has provided. And many of us can't imagine not doing this. Whereas before, we could never imagine doing this. Um, so these words, these words, there is no limit. Arise and begin working and the Lord be with you. So here's Spurgeon's comments. And I'll finish with this. It's a little humorous. And I hope you're not offended with a little bit of humor. Um, and I haven't been able to find the primary source. I just heard a preacher say this. So if a preacher said it, I know it's true. And, um, and I haven't 
I looked and I, I'm sure the primary source is out there, but Spurgeon said this, I know that in many churches, the main thing is to sit down in a corner, pew, and be fed. Well, of course, every creature needs to be fed from the pig upwards. <laughs> he said, you must excuse my mentioning that unclean animal, for he is the creature whose principal business it is to feed, and he is not a nice creature at all. And I do not at all admire Christian people whose one business is to feed and feed. Why, I've heard them even grumble at a sermon that was meant for the conversion of sinners because they thought there was no food in it for them. They are great receptacles of food. But dear Christian people, do not any of you live merely to feed, not even on heavenly food. But if God be with you, as you say he is, then get to his work. Well, that was just commendable. Um, we have so many resources at our hands. We should not just hoard them to make our heads big or to even make our, our souls satisfied. Let's, let's get to the work. Let's pray. Let's encourage, let's pass this on to others. Let's reach out to encourage others to trust Christ as Savior. And as we do get to the work, knowing the resources are available, then God says, the Lord be with you. God's presence will accompany our work.